Hi, everyone. Welcome to Change Nerds, the podcast for change managers by change managers. My name is Adnan Ali, and I'm here today with Kara Sundar. Today, we want to talk about a topic that Kara has been texting me about and sending me emails about for about a week now. You know, walk us through. You read a book, and it just left a very lasting impact with you. This is a book that I read many years ago, but kind of picked up and brushed off, and I was just blown away because what the book is is Immunity to Change. The authors are Robert Keegan and Lisa Lasko-Leahy, and it really dives into how we show up with problems that we might want to solve or or behaviors that we want to change about ourselves, but there's something kind of keeping us back. And that's a theme we've talked about a lot in this podcast of, you know, hidden motivations. And sometimes they're even hidden from ourselves. And so this book gives you some guidelines to kind of work through those. But then I got to thinking, you know, it's one thing to say, oh, I want to lose weight. and I can't manage to lose weight. I want to delve into that more. But when you start thinking about leaders who are bringing concerns to work, like why can't I lead in the way I want to lead or departments that have a culture where they're just stuck and can't find a way out. Um, this is like some really practical tips on how to move forward with those. Kara, can you walk me through, are there specific steps or themes? So I want you to think about if you're training to be a pilot, okay, and you're in the simulator and you you want to know how to land a plane that maybe is one of the engines has gone out or something horrible. You know, you can continue to practice that in the simulator and get really good at it, but just because you can do that doesn't mean you can actually land a real plane with a stressed out cabin crew and screaming passengers to safety, right? Like that's where the more adaptive need comes in, the the more adaptive skill of I can technically do, do this, but can I actually execute in an environment where there's a lot of factors at play? So I'm going to give you an example of someone I coached a couple years ago who she struggled with this very question. She actually wanted to lose weight and just she knew what she needed to do. She didn't need a technical solution. She like she knew what she needed to do. But there was something blocking her. And when we really got through this exercise, she realized that she didn't like going to the gym because she didn't know how to use the machines. And she was worried about looking stupid, like I'm standing in the middle of the gym, confused and lost, and I, I that makes me feel so uncomfortable. And so through this exercise, we were able to work through that. So that's what I'm hoping to share with our audience today. So the first step, if we're ready, the first step is what is your commitment? You've made a commitment. I want to lose weight. I want to be a professional pilot. I want to be a great leader. Write it down. That sounds really obvious. Like, write it down. <laughs> this is the obvious one. This step one's the easy one. The yeah. hard one is <laughs> the hard one is the second step mm-hmm. of what are you doing or not doing instead? Okay. So, in the case of my client here, she's not going to the gym. She maybe also isn't getting a gym membership, or she's not buying clothes that fit her that she feels good in. You know, it could be anything. Um, because then you need to, to ask yourself really honestly, and you maybe should have a glass of wine like Adnan's doing right now. Uh, you know, what, what is the competing commitment here? Like, what am I really, really afraid of if I did this? If I just showed up to the gym, 
what what is that that sparks inside of me that's making me fearful is there a level of self-sabotage here potentially so just with the gym example that you're walking through you know oh i don't feel comfortable in the gym while i'm buying clothes that's potentially too tight or i'm not proactively reaching out for help when it may be all around me and because of that i'm getting this experience of oh i'm uncomfortable um but it's because along the way i'm possibly you know creating barriers or just self-sabotaging you know myself in being successful one hundred percent this is absolutely because the book is called immunity to change Mm -hmm. for a reason it's a true anxiety management system Mm -hmm. that your body has, has been placed in yourself, right? There's something that's scary about the outcome that you say you want, but that you are sabotaging, like you're saying. Um, And so as we rise in positions of leadership or influence, I think those become harder and harder to deal with. You know, the losing weight example is a kind of an easy one. Like we can all kind of relate to that. But if you're a new CEO and you're wanting to show up a certain way in your leadership, but you are afraid of looking stupid or you're afraid of failing um, that can really play out in your organization in very toxic ways. So I'm going to pause here and share an example of a a true leader, um, you know, somebody who's, who's gone through this and he is a senior partner who wants to develop more of that being side of leader. He wants to show up as a leader, and instead he's just doing a lot. So that's his visible commitment, I want to show up as a leader. What he's doing or not doing instead, he's having to attend every meeting. He's driving towards the solution and trying to be the one who's always coming in and saving the day. Um, He doesn't listen well to others once he's made up his mind. And so you know, it's really competing with what he's saying that he wants to be, which is more of that, you know, inspiring and influencing people. He wants to feel indispensable. Mm -hmm. That is what this example, he self-identified. I want to feel indispensable and I want to be the hero. And and so that's counter to what he's doing, right? And how he's showing up is counter to his visible commitment. And then we can take it one step deeper. So, what are the big assumptions? If I want to feel sensible and I want to be the hero, I'm assuming I won't be, be satisfied at work unless I can perform that way. Or I assume that the metric for satisfaction, that achievement feeling, is the only way I can be satisfied at work. And so you could see how by having those big assumptions that maybe he hadn't even admitted to himself, Uh, that it actually was really sabotaging what he said his commitment was. I think you need to create the right incentives for the vision of what you want to be, right? So it sounds Mm. like this person feels like they want to be, you know, indispensable. They want to be the hero. And as a result, they have to kind of be plugged into everything. And yes. maybe in the past that was the case, but there's there sound there seems to be a mismatch between the past mm-hmm. leadership technique and who that person was that got them here to where they want to go. And how are we making sure that our personal milestones, I'm not talking even about metrics, but like the personal milestones that we have for ourselves and how we show up, that those ultimately align in some way to where we want to go. It doesn't sound like that person has really thought about that. It's clearly a mismatch there. 
Um, I can share a personal example, too, because I walked myself through this exercise. And my visible commitment was, I want to show up to work on time. <laughs> but what I was doing or not doing instead was showing up five minutes late every day. And so, you know, I'm a logical person. I know how to set an alarm clock. I know how to be smart on time. But it's almost like there was an emotional piece to this. It wasn't a technical solution I needed. I didn't need to get up 15 minutes earlier. Um, my hidden commitment, though, was that I really value my independence and my freedom to make choices for myself. And so my big assumption was, like, if I'm showing up on time, then I'm not in charge of my own life. Like, I'm, I'm living by someone else's standards. And it sounds so silly, like, it, you're being five minutes late. But let's say this had become a big issue, and I was an hour late every day, and it was starting to get noticed and impact my job performance. You know, if I did not take that time to step back and go, oh, that's what the disconnect is about. Um, so once I accepted that, I, I was able to get to work on time and find other ways to express my freedom in really healthy ways. So that's just my personal example to share with you all so that we can be a little bit vulnerable here and, and show how this might help you. So it's funny that you say the example of being five minutes late every day. Um, that mm -hmm. is totally me because I, I don't know if you've ever seen the online memes with people who set alarms every five minutes. Like you set the one alarm, I, I call it the aspirational alarm at you know, maybe 5 a.m. Like I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to the gym and do all these things in the morning and be productive. So I have, you know, all these hours before my you know, 9am work shift. And mm -hmm. sadly, no, you know, it's not five o'clock. It's not 530. It's not six o'clock. It's not 630. It's, you know, eight, 840 is when I'm waking up. So um, <laughs> yeah, I think I need to do some soul searching, Kara. You know, what is really it's the deeper hard root to of know. that? It's, sometimes it really is. It's, <laughs> sometimes it really is that technical solution. Like, I need to go to bed 30 minutes earlier. But this is exactly what we're talking about here, that adaptive solution of what is that? What's the counter here? When, what am I really struggling with at maybe a subconscious level that's keeping me from achieving that goal of going to the gym every day yeah. and, uh, at 5.30? And Kara, um, are there any techniques in terms of how to get to that root cause? Because I, I think what you discovered about yourself and just the desire to be independent, that's a profound realization that I, I think probably mm. takes a while for many people to get to if they ever even get there. Um, are there any questions we can ask ourselves? Like, how do we get to the root cause right. of these problems? You know, everybody's path, I think, is going to be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. For some of us, we may want to talk with our friends and family. Um, when they were talking about listing all of the things that are working against your improvement goal, they call it the fearless inventory, mm. because this is really being honest about all the ways you're thwarting yourself. So talking with friends and family, if it's appropriate, talking with a therapist, um, or just taking the time, you know, making that space for self-awareness. Yeah, for me, it's more of the doing it and the experimentation. So just the example of me wanting to wake up earlier, what I realized was, well, what am I trying to accomplish by getting up at five in the morning to begin with, right? I, I think what I'm doing is I'm mm -hmm. sending an unrealistic goal. Actually, what I should do is sleep more and then get up mm. at seven. And maybe I don't get the full, you know, four hour benefit that I wanted, but at least I got an hour and a half. And, and that's an incremental gain. So 
I, I, I wonder if an angle is experimentation. And then all I need is really an hour and a half head start. Mm. And then I'm very productive when I do that versus trying to set an unrealistic goal and just interrupting my sleep pattern for like the next two and a half hours, you know? So, I mean, that's a very simple <laughs> example, but, um, you know, right. when I think about like my it career really growth, simple. right, yeah. right. There's so many different ways to apply mm-hmm. that, but I, experimentation works, I, I think in many ways. Well, I love that you say that because that's actually what they suggest um, as far as once you've done this mapping and you've kind of identified what those those counter motivations are, um, you find a way to test it. And so they give five recommendations on what your, your testing goals should be like. So I'm going to read those. Uh, so they should be SMART goals, but... If you're familiar with that acronym, it might be slightly different than in the business context. So the S actually stands for safe. Um, You know, if things go badly, you'll survive. So in your case, if you (laughs) sleep till seven and nothing bad's going to happen versus maybe an unsafe goal would be, you know, if you're trying to be a leader and get better at public speaking, you sign up for some big conference or something, you know, that (laughs) that's probably not going to feel very safe. Right. Um, And should be modest. This is really about taking a first step, not about trying to solve it all. It should be actionable and should allow you to get some, some research done, like some data. It's not about getting better. Like, I'm going to do this to take a step to get better. It's just, just going to see if it works, you know, being a little bit um, laid back about it. Right. And then you should be able to test your big assumption. You know, it should be aligned with the question you're asking yourself. And I'll leave you with a few final points. You know, once you've gone through this process, maybe you refine your commitment. You know, kind of like Adnan, you were saying, maybe your goal anymore isn't to wake up early as much as it is to make space to work out and show up refreshed to work every day. That's a refined commitment based on what you've learned. And then just, you know, try to think about what success looks like for you and make a path forward. Some of those may be more adaptive, some of them may be more technical, but, you know, this is an incremental journey where we're constantly changing as people and as, as people in our career, our personal life. So experimenting, exploring, having that space for self-awareness, I think that can only benefit us. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Our email is changenerds at gmail.com. We want to hear some of your thoughts, any aha moments or realizations you may have had, and we hope to see you next time.